Welcome to another edition of It's Raining Mets. I'm meteorologist Steve Knight. And I'm meteorologist Ed Russo. All right, Ed. So let's talk a little bit here about uh, the week that was weather-wise. These weeks are they're always interesting here in central Pennsylvania, are they not? Oh, well, yeah, because there's... Like you're getting spring in February yeah, every week. I know. It's, uh, <laughs> so, there's always something yeah. to talk about weather-wise. And, you know, this week, certainly interesting, very warm. We got into the 60s mm-hmm. earlier this week. Uh, and then the bottom fell out with the cold front that came yeah. through. And then and then once we get cold, all, all the moisture's gone. So yeah, we just too can't, late to get snow. Right. We can't match up the cold air with the precipitation right. and actually, you know, get any snow. Uh, interesting that we actually had a little bit of a chance for seeing, there was a slight possibility we could have actually seen some severe weather at night yeah, this week. I know. And we had one a few weeks ago that was in the morning. Right. So February has been a strange month. Yeah. But that's what happens when you go from 60 degrees. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned this yesterday on social media. Uh, it was about 50 degrees and raining cats and dogs at midnight Thursday morning, mm-hmm. and then by Thursday morning, eight hours later, we had wind chills in the teens and single digits. Yeah, eight hours. Total, <laughs> total inconsistency. Yeah, I wonder so many people. Everybody here at work is dropping like flies. We've have have had a lot of folks that have been on the uh, the IR the sick list. Yeah, you know, and I, I it's tough. I think it's tough for your body to get acclimated because one oh, minute sure. it's springtime and the next minute. Uh, winter is back with a vengeance. Hard for your uh, immune system to cope. Yeah, with absolutely. That kind of switch, switching, temperature switching. Yeah, so it's uh, it's cold as we sit here heading into the weekend, but uh, heading into next week, this is going to come as a real shock, I think, to our listeners. It's going to get warm again. Yeah, it's going to get warm again. And we, we act might be even warmer than what we just went through. Right. So, yeah. and... It's getting more and more likely that this could wind up as the least snowiest February on record, tied with two previous Februaries mm-hmm. back in the early 20th century. So was it 1915 and 1925 had a trace? Right. And that's all Harrisburg has seen so far this month. So this would be tied yeah. with two other years as right. the least snowiest winter. And that's I pretty, mean, at least snowiest, snowiest February. At least snowiest February. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty remarkable when you talk about 95 years ago mm-hmm. and 105 years oh, ago. Yeah. So the last two times we got through a February with just a trace of snow, 95 years ago and 105 yeah. years ago. So takeaway doesn't happen often. Yeah. And February's <laughs> our snowiest month, typically. Right. Typically, so. typically. Yeah. And uh, we still sit at 5.1 uh, for the winter mm-hmm. season. And uh, obviously, we're trending right now top five least snowiest i think we're at number three is where we sit currently in terms okay. of through, least amount through, of through, snow. through today's date through yeah. today's date i believe we're at number three okay um in terms of least amount of snow Yeah, 1889 i think was ahead of us or there's still one i think it's the back in the 1800s something like that and you know when you get to like 1889 i mean no offense to anybody who is yeah. from 1889 <laughs> who may be listening I start to wonder sometimes, like, how good was the actual, like, recording of data? Well... Who was doing the measurements? It's interesting because you could look at it three ways. I think, I wish I printed it out, but we're the second or third least snowiest winter right now. And Mm. one of the years that is ahead of us, I think, is only recording... um, I forget the actual statistics, but bottom line, the... One of the years that we are competing with for least snowiest winter on record, it's on record that 92 of the days are missing. There's 92 missing (laughs) days. Yeah, so So. some some guy who was writing with a feather and an inkwell... You know, yeah, you know, the lost a few uh, pages out of his ledger 
So, yep. and but that's what we have to live with. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, well, at any rate, we all know we haven't had a whole lot of snow and uh, we just don't see that changing. You know, you and I were talking yesterday, maybe, may, uh, strong maybe, okay, mm-hmm. maybe mid-March. Maybe, maybe mid-March. Maybe mid-March. There are a couple of things in the wind in mid-March. One, some precipitation, and two, maybe a little bit colder. So we're not talking about anything that looks major, um, but there's a possibility of maybe a measurable snow, like 14th, 15th, 16th, right. somewhere in there. But I think you know, we've seen this movie before several times over the winter season. And I remember in early, like late January, early February, I was kind of pinning my hopes on mid-February. You remember, it did get really cold for it Valentine's did. Day. It did. And we just, again, could not match up right. the precept. And a lot of, air. you know, and, and a lot of what we're looking at here, you know, th- there will be models at day five and seven that are showing harsh cold for several days in a row. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's it's overdone because there's no, there's nothing to lock in the cold. Right. I mean, we don't have this big ridge over the Atlantic that keeps us in a cold pattern for several days. Models tend to kind of exaggerate how long the cold's going to stick around. And by the time we get to that cold blast, we realize the cold is yeah. only here for two or three days. That's been the story this winter. So any real cold that it looks like we're going to be switching to five to seven days out, I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's going to be, by the time we get there, yeah. much less severe than, than what we're seeing right now. Well, I'll give you a good example of that. Earlier this week when I was looking at the, this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking it was going to be pretty cold uh, at least through Sunday. Monday would probably be the day where we kind of got out of it. Right. And I, I want to say like back on, even on, on Wednesday, I think I was calling for a high of 42 for Sunday. Now, as of right now, I don't feel that way anymore. I think we're going to be, I was conservative today and I called for 48 for the high on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was about half tempted to call for 50. Um, and it's just because the cold air is defying the models again. It's actually going to get scoured out here quicker than it looked Real like quick. it was going to. And I, I, very, I think we're in very safe harbor right now. And saying that by Sunday afternoon, with calm winds and sunshine, temperatures in the upper 40s, it's going to be a pretty nice day. Yeah, late, and you know the, the sun angle is higher in the sky, so, right. so you're getting those rays more directly, so yeah. it feels warmer as a result. Well, I know I plan on being outside yeah. just like I was last Sunday, not getting anything accomplished, yeah. not getting any anything ready in my yard for springtime. None of that. I'm going to be grilling. And I'm going to have a cold beer in my hand, just like I did last Sunday. <laughs> oh, that's a classic with the Sunday. NASCAR race. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the way to do it. Uh, Philly spring training game on. Dreaming yeah. about uh, June and July. So, yeah. uh, well, listen, we wanted to talk uh, this week a bit about Skyview 21. And okay. for our listeners that are uninitiated, of course, Skyview 21 is our drone here uh-huh. at CBS 21. Uh, we have had our drone program and our drone longer than any other station in the market. And I won't name names, but there are still stations in this market that do not have a drone. Right. And we use it more than any other station in this market. And we are one of the top in terms of our entire company, which our company, Sinclair, owns over 160 television stations. Yeah. We always rank at or near the top in terms of most, drone use. Yeah, most flying hours, most right. used during the newscast. So. Yeah. And we're looking... Something we're proud of. Yeah, very proud of. And we're looking to even expand that even yeah. a little bit more. And to that end, you and I were both asked to be part of the drone program. Yeah, so... You know, when you think of a drone, you normally think of one person flying a drone. 
uh, with our setup, and re- really it's just a, a company-wide policy, you don't just have a drone pilot, but you have somebody who has their eye on the drone and eye on, yes. on potential hazards to right. the drone, and we call that person uh, an observer, right. weather observer, separate from the pilot. And yeah. since Steve and I are meteorologists, I guess it was a no-brainer to have yeah. us kind of caked into the to the observer, weather yeah. observer aspect to it. Well, the pilot certainly has the bigger job. Obviously, sure. the pilot is you know in charge of flying mm-hmm. the drone. But the one thing that uh, you do as a visually trained observer is you actually work the camera. Right. Which is kind of cool. So you and I are being trained, put it in layman's terms, to be co-pilots on the drone. And that would mean that we keep an eye out for anything that could be a hazard to the drone as it flies, whether that be birds, weather, wires, trees, all that kind of stuff. Um, and also, but at the same time, uh, we actually have, you know, the control switches where we actually work the camera, which is, sure. um, I actually just moments before we recorded this podcast, it was my, my first real flight. There's, we had to do, what was it? Two days of, of instruction that was, um, through classes mm-hmm. and like it was four hours of classes, tests. And then we do some in-house stuff, like just kind of learning how the drone works. Yeah. And then I just actually had my first three test flights, uh, just like within the last hour. And I got to tell you, you're gonna. You, I know you haven't. Flown and you said yet. it was really warm. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Could I? I mean, <laughs> you still have your hands. If only, if only I knew. If only I knew a meteorologist who could have told me that it was going to be cold out there this morning for these test flights. So that's the thing. I mean, you, you have this big control. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a video game controller on steroids. Right. Okay. And that's how you control the camera, and that's how the pilot controls the drone. But there, it's also hooked to an iPad. So you have a, an iPad mini that's in front of you. And it's, I'm telling you, you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just crazy where we've gotten with you know technology and, yeah. and just you know when you have like something that can fly yeah. and give you a vantage point, you know, at a much higher eye level than, yeah. than surrounding areas. I mean, you just get great shots. Yeah. It's really cool because not only can, you know, we record video and save it and, and use it whenever we want to, but uh, it also hooks into what we call a live view unit. And what mm-hmm. that means is we can actually, of course, take the shots live as I'm sure a lot of folks that watch CBS 20, when they've seen those live drone shots, right. um, it's amazing because you know, listen, not to be the dinosaur, but when I got into this business, I mean, to get, you know, live shots on the newscast mm-hmm. was quite the process. Right. I mean, you had to have the big satellite truck and you had to shoot the feed to the tower. Then the tower had to shoot mm-hmm. the feed back to the station. And um, it's amazing now because uh, really the the live view, it, it fit into my jacket pocket. And that is literally what is sending the signal back to the station. I know. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And and with just that, right. with an HDMI cable that's plugged into my quote-unquote video game controller that controls the drone, an HDMI cable to something that um, fits into my pocket, mm-hmm. we're, we can go live on television with yeah. these great shots. All the equipment's getting smaller, and it's yes. getting faster, and it's getting more efficient. You know, interesting story here. So back in high school... Um, you know, well, once I got to high school, I, I I didn't really play with toys anymore. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, but I remember on TV they were advertising this thing called the hovercopter, uh-huh. and just this remote control copter that you would just fly in your house. And I'm like, I gotta have that. Yeah, that looks cool. You know. So the, the, this hovercopter, you know, I might have history wrong about how this escalated, but what I remember is 
people getting hovercopters, myself included, they were real flimsy devices. I mm-hmm. mean, if they crash into like a, a pillow, you could break it. It was I mean, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, it, right. They weren't durable. Right. But then people started putting their phones on these hovercopters and put and turning their their, gotcha. their camera on. Getting and I remember out. seeing people of these with these hovercopters. The more advanced, once we got more advanced mm-hmm. hovercopters that could take the weight of a phone, they would actually start filming from the hovercopter as they were flying. Now, granted, it didn't go hundreds sure. of feet into the air, right. but that's, I feel like, when this whole you know drone this thing... This whole idea. Yeah, yeah you're sure. Like, just the average person right. was able to start embracing and, yeah. and, and seeing this, this technology for what it was. Now, no station in this market, to my knowledge, and I, I, I'm... I know I'm 99.9% safe in saying this. No station in this market ever flew a helicopter. Like there was never mm-hmm. like Chopper 21, okay? Right. You had to go to Philly, LA, obviously, New York, okay, to have news helicopters, okay? You know, um, it's what's interesting about drones, okay, is that all of these stations in big markets, the New Yorks, the Phillies, the LAs, they're getting rid of the helicopter. And they're starting to fly the drone because a it's cheaper, b it's more diverse. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You can get better shots, you can get really great up close shots, and everything in high definition. Right. You know, and so it's really really cool, and it's definitely the wave of the future. And and we're proud of the fact that we have definitely been on the cutting edge. Sure. With this drone technology here for our viewers in our in our market. Yeah, and you can get into places you can't get with a helicopter. You know, yeah. with the farm show. If you remember the farm show newscast, we were f- yeah. the building is big yeah. enough. Um, yeah. uh, the giant center. Sure. Uh, or the giant company yeah. center. Right. Um, you know, it's big enough where you can actually fly a drone on the inside and yeah. get a bird's eye view of, yeah. the, of everything that's that's going on. And we have plans uh, this summer with our new new newscast. I would just kind of looped into this um, this summer. You know, they've moved up the York Fair. It's not going to be in September mm-hmm. anymore. It's going to be in July, late July. And we have plans to be down there doing the noon newscast every day. And with that, I'm sure that we'll be able to get down there with Skyview 21 mm-hmm. and be able to offer up like a really cool perspective of the York oh, Fair. Yeah. You know, and I'm really looking forward to that. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. I'm telling you, Ed, wait do you get out there. If you were excited about what was the thing you got, the helicopter dingy-wingy or whatever they the, called the, it? The, the hovercopter. Yeah, the hovercopter. Yeah. All right, the helicopter dingy-wingy. Yeah. If you were excited about that, <laughs> yeah. wait till you fly. Oh, yeah. Skyview 21. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be really I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to it. But like you, I did not bring gloves. So yeah. we'll see. Hopefully, I have hands later today. Yeah, maybe there's somebody else in the newsroom <laughs> who could actually yeah, bring you some gloves. So I actually wanted to loop in Bill Siders. Bill is our chief photojournalist. And Bill is actually, uh, I would say, basically the, the chieftain. He's he's one of our pilots here. We, have, we currently have three pilots for the drone. Um, Bill is obviously not only our chief photojournalist, but he's one of the pilots, and we'll just go ahead and call him our lead pilot. And I think uh, he's a safety officer Ooh. among yes, he many is. of the stations within Sinclair. Yeah, so. he is a safety officer uh, within Sinclair, so he's been on the cutting edge in terms of the whole Skyview 21 program. So, uh, Bill, first question I have for you is, how how do Ed and I have potential for Skyview 21? Like, how are we doing with our training? Well, Ed, I would say I don't know yet. I know he passed the classroom portion. Right. Well, Steve um, didn't bring gloves, so. Well, oh. neither did you. Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. I already so, said that. <laughs> so, I mean, uh. you're already set up to fail. Um, I, I think you both have great potential, and I'm excited we added both of you. 
Yeah. I know other stations in our company have meteorologists, and they actually fly it while on air. I don't know if you guys are quite ready for that, mm. but just the things we're going to be able to do with it in newscasts, I think, is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I mean, just talk a little bit about that. Like, what do you see as someone with so much experience flying these drones? What do you see that how we can expand and, and it specifically as it pertains to weather? I think with you guys, I know we talked about it yesterday. Like, if you're doing first weather and I'm flying with you and we go up, you can actually tell people what the clouds are doing while we're seeing it yeah you know like it might be a beautiful morning or early afternoon you can be like but you see those clouds off in the distance rain's coming um and i know a couple times when we're up in the summer we can actually see the rain line Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping when we're up that the booth is telling you guys hey look at this and you guys see it and talk about it. look you can see way down maybe eight nine miles Mm -hmm. that rain is coming yeah. And and there are, you know, weather, I mean, when weather events are happening locally, you know, rain or precipitation, you know, we obviously can't fly the drone. We can't fly it when visibility's really bad. But when you get above the horizon, when you're able to get above all of the trees and the buildings, you can see a thunderstorm yeah. cloud, you know, 20 miles away. So that's just a perspective that is really awesome to get, especially during the summer months when you can see these things coming, but they're still safe enough away where we're still able to fly yeah and even the amount of damage if it's straight line winds or tornadic damage how vast or how narrow of a path it is like we were down in lancaster last summer when the storms rolled That's through true. and just to kind of see how one side of the road got hit but not the other sure and you know then we flew another area and the second we got up everybody in the neighborhood was like oh it was a tornado it was a tornado and i got up and i looked and all the trees were laying in the same, same way and direction. i came down and i went it's probably straight line wind. see that's a whole nother now now the national weather service officially determines whether it was a straight line wind or tornado but you know as meteorologists here i mean we're trained to figure out what looks like tornadic damage what looks like straight line wind damage and you can tell a lot from the ground but when you can see get that bird's eye view of the damage from above i mean it's much more clear what went through the area and that's a that's now a tool that we can we can use here yeah and have been using as bill uh, stated now uh, bill i'm going to ask you to actually obviously we're we're not (laughs) we're in our audio booth here so we're we're not going to fly the drone around in the audio booth which is about a 10 by 10 foot room (laughs) but what bill can do keep it on the ground and he can actually fire it up now it's it's got you know four propellers on it um and he can just keep it on the ground but one thing that surprised me about skyview 21 first time i actually was near it was it's pretty darn loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you think, oh, it's just a drone. It's going to sound like it's, you know, just a, a little teeny, like a hummingbird or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it kind of has that same whirring noise that you hear in the fuselage of a plane. Yeah, no, and it's it's a pretty big piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. It's a giant beehive. Yeah, well, there's, that's one way of putting it. So why don't you go ahead and uh, and crank up all four rotors for us here. Okay, there you go. So and the impressive thing is how fast the rotors stop. I mean, yeah. we're going from what? How many rotations per minute or per second? Do we know off the top of our head? I haven't been able to count yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really, really high, yeah. and the whole and they looked like they were at max rotational speed, and they stopped in less than half a second. Well, so. and that's really not max because when I actually fly, go uh, to fly, yeah, it it's, kinda, it's, it's kind of like a helicopter. Okay. When they're initially flying, and then when they give it stick to to go up, then it's it even. picks up more. That's amazing. So it's really like a the hovercopter. Yeah, right. Yeah. And one thing I thought was cool was that uh, 
we have a we have a max height when we fly of 400 feet okay and you know when i was just out doing my my test flight at i have to tell you like we we got to 250 feet and i was like wow we are really high and i looked down to the controller and i'm like oh my gosh like I actually looked at you, Bill, and I was like, have you ever been 400 feet? And you're like, yeah, we do that all the time. Yeah. You know? And it's an unbelievable perspective. It mm-hmm. really is. It really is. And, and, you know, 100 or 200 feet doesn't sound like you're getting really high up in the sky. But right. when the mean ground level around you is, when you're above that by 200 feet, I mean, you could just get this crazy, crazy, you know, great shot, mm-hmm. great vantage point. Yeah, and it, it varies too because, like, if we get down into the city of Harrisburg, we can only go some spots. We can only go to two hundred feet, right? Because we're near Capital City Airport or mm-hmm. HIA, and even gets to one hundred feet. But even fifty feet off the ground, if that's all I can do, is amazing what we can see, right? Um, at fifty feet, because we're so used to our perspective mm-hmm. and or a perspective up in a building, right? And you know, to be able to get up to four hundred feet is amazing and you know kind of has made our coverage and what we're showing our viewers different like it's right. just kind of awesome yeah no it's it has been a, a great great tool for us when when did we have our first skyv 21 flight uh memory serves memory serves it was eclipse day three years ago yeah in august so this we're in our fourth year of the program wow. okay oh the total the total eclipse. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right because uh, we debuted it at uh, during the five o'clock newscast, five five thirty and six along the river. I remember that, and it was the same day that uh, I was over at Ronald McDonald House cooking a meal for the folks at Ronald McDonald House with our general manager Bill Bradley, and we were all like huddled around the TV, and we were just so excited to see Skyview Twenty One for the first time. <laughs> I was actually at Gettysburg with one of our other meteorologists doing an eclipse story. There you go. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So very cool. Well, we just wanted to loop everybody in to what we have uh, going on here with Skyview 21 and some some even more interesting possibilities in that. What a wonderful idea to actually have a couple of the meteorologists, you know, kind of get trained on, on how it works and, and trained to be yeah. observers and and uh, start, you know, expanding it even more in terms of possibilities for tracking weather. Sure. sure. You know, to all the pilots listening out there, you know how integral weather is. I mean, oh, yeah. you know. Pilots are very weather-wise people, yeah. like farmers, yeah. and uh, it just makes sense to kind of get the weather team involved with yeah. coordinating uh, some really good shots that we want you to see on CBS 21. Yeah, so we're really excited about it. So, Bill, thanks for joining us. No problem. All right. We appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in to another edition of It's Raining Mets. I'm meteorologist Steve Knight. And I'm meteorologist Ed Russo. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to It's Raining Mets.